Geek Shock. What is wrong with Zumzagator? Ah, that's his battle cry. Damn you, ah, Zumzagator! He's like, You're right. why doesn't anything ever go right for me? Zumzagator! It's like something from Thunder the Barbarian. Dude. It's, it's almost like one of the away. swear words from Battlestar Galactica that the, the, Capricans, the Capricans forgot. It's like, oh, whoa, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Zumzagator. Don't you, say, don't you use that fracking word on yeah, me. This fracking Zumzagator came out. Hey, hey, whoa, hey, whoa. Hey, hey. Look, Only, I'm just, whoa. I'm sorry, I'm a little Come upset on. right Only now. Only another Zumzagator can call a Zumzagator. <laughs> As I'm <laughs> We're not on a Deep Space Nine. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's the Battlestar equivalent of the C word, <laughs> right? <laughs> or the N word, maybe. That maybe might be in some is. people's mind. That would be Starbuck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks. This is Geek Shock number one eighty. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Just Michael. Uh, Captain Luddite. I almost forgot my name. That was that was a fast intro. I wasn't expecting you to be recording already. Zim zabbity zoom. Things are zim zabbity zoom. <laughs> Some zagger. Zagger to the rescue. <laughs> Wait, no, he's a bad guy. <laughs> uh, for all those of you who are curious, tonight's show is not brought to you by Neurobliss. <laughs> a crappy drink that looks like a dildo. We're Neurobliss. Neurobliss, Neurobliss free tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Paul is on assignment. Because Kirsten couldn't complete the assignment. So Kirsten's on another assignment. <laughs> Kirsten's on a remedial assignment. Uh, I just hope I don't get any homework. Paul's on a follow-up assignment. It's a lot of homework for this That's show. That's why I got my notepad it's, out, man. It's, uh, it's Geek Shock Light. For those, of you don't know, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Just Mike does take notes every night. Uh, yeah. It's the free version. The full version costs 99 cents, like everything else on iTunes. We're yeah. a third less calorie ridden tonight. Oh, no. I would say we're a good... We're a little more than that. <laughs> I mean, I got plenty of calories, but still. So are we saying there are half the calories of the regular Geek Shock? I think then? so. I think okay. maybe. Paul's probably at least half the calories. Whoa. But all the flavor. Paul and Kirsten together. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's hard work. You got to want it. That's yeah. the thing. You got to believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to this uh, Jedi Mind Meld edition of Geek Shock. What I, geeky I, things I, you do this political. week? That was political. Yeah. You like that? Like I slid that in there very it? abruptly and bluntly like a spiked it? bat. How does that work? Why Jedi Mind Meld? Really? Why is it a Jedi mind? Are you, you guys didn't you, you hear that? that? What? No. You politicos this? haven't heard this? No. I'm not a politico. The, the, uh, the, uh, I don't watch the news. It angers or depresses. Well, I mean, the, the Star Wars Star Trek mashup there just kind of threw me for a second. Well, I, I tell you what. I'm going to turn on some AC because it's warming up in here. Michael, uh, um, explain so what our president did. I'm just getting you ready for the sound uh, of the AC kicking up. Obama was talking about the, uh, the not the budget. It was the, uh, yeah. The, the sequester. The, the magical sequester. sequester. Yeah, exactly. And he was explaining the that furloughs. he can't he can't put a Jedi mind meld on <laughs> on his opposition. He can't uh, he can't just put things over. And the which, internet's went nuts. And of course oh. the internet's like <laughs> of course. The Obama, uh, you know, the president tries to reach out to you he's like, and you swat oh, no, at him. Oh, no, he's a fake nerd girl. You, you can't. <laughs> exactly. It's just I don't think he was trying to reach out to the nerds. I think that's just, a, you know, like that's just a guy. I, thought, like, I, thought, that, I thought the phrase was really cute. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, that's funny. It's, I got the point of what he was trying to say. This is out, out to those of you who are uber nerds out there. 
You know who you are, Tommy Todd. To those of you who are <laughs> uber nerds, um, uh, this is why you remain nerds, is because when somebody does put out an olive branch and tries to understand your world, you immediately kick them in the face like they're idiots and tell them they're morons and they shouldn't even try. Was it like a press event that he was doing that this is this? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. He was, uh, Actually, I was speaking to, to Barry press. there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry. Well, not, not to defend ooh, the guy, ooh, but here, like, ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm sure he does know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. But he, yeah, but I don't when think you're, he when knows you're, what When you're it, rambling off uh, you know, a, a, a quip that you're trying to make up on the spot, he probably merged the two together without realizing it until yeah, well listen, after. I appreciate that my commander-in-chief would be willing to launch out some side of pop culture that actually is fun to yeah. me. Uh, I would never expected any president prior to this, except maybe Bill Clinton to have launched into yeah. something like that. And even that would have been like, huh? I'm the Captain Kirk well, president. So now, even uh, G-Dub it, might have said something like that, but it would have been just in a whole mass of rambling anyway. It would have been so. yeah. kind of like this strategery thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Strategery. We're going to death star on them. Going to death star them. <laughs> exactly. Now, just apparently, like, just like a Battlestar Galactic Death Star. The thing that amazes me with the whole sequester thing is now that the, there's a lot of people on the right side who are now arguing like, well, what happened? It doesn't matter because really the amount of money that's going to be cut is such a minuscule amount of our actual budget. <laughs> it really doesn't affect anything. And it's, so, it's all the, but all they the, made such a big deal oh, about sure. trying to fix it and make it not happen. And now they're sort of like, well, we never got around to it. We were lazy and we didn't do our homework. But it doesn't really matter anyway. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah. I.E. our Congress sucks right now. Yeah. Uh, it's like two years politics. ago, too, that they signed all this crap. And it's like, it's like, well, we never thought the day would ever come that this would happen. And it's <laughs> we like, don't have it. Really? Foresight. You never thought two years would go by like the, <laughs> no. in the blink of an eye? <laughs> no, and, seriously. And that you would have to revisit this issue? If You're you, dumb. If you'd asked me two years ago if we'd still be alive, I probably would have said no. I can tell you right now, if they put it in the Congress that if we don't change the law, that all the French fries would be cut like small penises. And then a year from now, all the French fries in Congress would be cut like small penises. Anyway, yeah. um, I still like Warren Buffett's like suggestion for a, an amendment that would uh, limit um, Congress to their they can't vote themselves raises and they uh, they. Uh, oh, wouldn't that they, be nice? Yeah. And they, they, that they're, they just get a cost of living increase every couple of years. And I vote myself um, raise every year. What was the other? There were like there were like four or five like really awesome points that he was talking about. Oh, like uh, anytime, anytime the GDP is or like anytime the deficit is higher than like GDP plus like whatever like one percent or something, um, they're ineligible for reelection and, and stuff like that. So it would really literally force you to change out. Um, Not that I want to make this politicast all of a sudden, but too late. Yeah, I would love to have a, some minimums. <laughs> I'll have to find it for you, but it's it's That's actually okay. really it's really interesting. I mean, I'm not going to look it up now, but uh, it was really interesting. I am going to put my phone on silent. So I just want to wheel it back to subject get ahead real quick. Uh, Las Vegas is getting to the Comic Con, a amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. It's going to be uh, June 14th, 15th, 16th. Uh, at uh, South Point Hotel and Casino. So The South Point? Yeah, South Point really? is going to have its own little uh, Comic-Con. Like Way down, down south me. there. Huh? And this is when again? This is going to be June 14th Finally. through the 16th, 2013. 
Okay. South Point is called the Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Finally, a Comic Con with a bowling alley. So this one is <laughs> is not related to the the comic book expo that we had at the correct. Uh, okay, which we had at the Riviera. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Riviera. which was actually pretty good. I don't know if anyone uh, got to go. I, out I went over there. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. So it, I, it it had a lot of potential. I guess is the yeah. best way to put it. And I it, hope if they continue to do it, it was clearly early early years of its existence. After after the shambling emergence of the last Las Vegas Comic Con, was there everybody, everybody attend this yeah. because yeah. Boy, was, was that two thousand two, two thousand three? That that thing. Happened? And the thing is, it wasn't a bad con; just nobody came. Yeah, the 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 vendors were all there. the 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 speakers were all there. Yeah. It was set to go. Just that it's it was at the Mandalay Bay, and it just wasn't the well Mandalay, advertised. Mandalay Bay Convention Center is tucked way way back where you got to know where it where is. Where the aquarium is. Yeah, and, yeah, it's not in the middle of the mm-hmm. of the. Casino. It's like right before you get to Shark so, Reef, and it wasn't yeah. well advertised, yeah. and so it just uh, got lost in Las. I Vegas. mean, Mandalay Bay uh, Convention Center is huge. Yeah, it's a monster. It is. It's it. But, it was. It was. There were a lot of but if you vendors want, there. If you want to have a secret convention, Mandalay Bay is a great place. They for do it. the rodeo <laughs> thing there every year too. They Plus, do like yeah. a rodeo apparently convention. the the organizers of it were were not in favor with the uh, the, the the lot of the. Uh, the vendors were not happy with the terms that they were yeah. given. So are there any details <laughs> so, yet, or are they just saying Amazing uh, I'm, I'm Las sh- Vegas Comic Con is coming? Uh, I, no, no, I'm, I'm sure there's details out there. I just don't know what they are. Okay. Uh, cool. So I'd say just Google it. Google. Google. Or Bing. I'm Bing it. Give Bing a shout out. Bing it. Uh, ask Jeeves it. Ask Jeeves it. Or uh, perhaps Linus. open the book called Yellow Pages. Whoa, wait, what? Whoa, whoa, what? whoa, whoa. You're I don't know how you find it in the yellow pages. pages. You're getting a little too analog here. Uh, and a little too wait, analog. Hey, I'm this Captain is the digital Luddite. age. What are you going to call, South Point? Uh, yeah, call the South Point <laughs> and talk to a human being after 14 or 15 minutes of pressing numbers and get the answers about the event. All right, I'm taking, you know I'm taking odds that the person let me ask about the Las Vegas Comic Con is going to go. I was just going to say, huh? the last time what? I called a phone number for information about something at a casino... <laughs> They referred me, and I'm not kidding you, they referred me to the website for full details. I know, they do all the time now. They they, they said, I don't really have all the information here in front of me, but if you go to our website, there's the full details of it. There aren't the full details. So you couldn't go to the website on the computer that's right in front of you right now and just read me the details and save me the trouble? That's why you bought broadband. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know it's why I bought broadband, but there are people that are not as... As tech savvy uh, as myself. I've never been to the South Point Convention Center. Neither have I. I haven't either. That's I didn't even know they had one. I didn't either. I know they have an equestrian center, but that's about I didn't know that either. Because they do a lot of rodeo stuff there, too. They, they have an equestrian center? Yep. Yeah, they got <laughs> horses and stuff. I know Are they, they just going to lay down some wooden... Do they do dressage? Dressage? What is that? Dressage? You're dressing? Summer Olympics with the horses where they dance. Oh, 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 man, I'd love to see that. Sure. I do know they have that that cooking theater. They have a cooking theater? They have a cooking theater at the South Point. Really? Yes. Is it just like for a kitchen? For like like the kitchen center with like a uh, auditorium seating. No, no, no. Really? Yeah, for a place for cameras. So you can do a TV show from there? If you wanted to do a TV show from there. Yes. Like anybody? Is there anyone? That I don't know. I haven't talked I mean, to the guys running it. What I'm saying is perhaps the Ugly Couch Show should do a cooking show. Oh, that would South work Point. out well. 
I think it would comprise what happened before the show, and that is Jeff bringing uh, Chicago style pizza and Krispy Kreme donuts because the light was on. Because <laughs> the light was on. I can't go when the when the hot now light is on. I can't not stop. It's it's, it's a Pavlovian response that I cannot explain to you. That's I, why they have the light. Many, many, many years ago. Oh wow, we're going back. I was taken to a Krispy Kreme by a friend of mine. Was well, it a scientist the hot, the hot, with a shot collar? Are we sure no, it was a friend? I, know, yeah, I like, hope this story ends with something more than you buying donuts. No. Like, well, yeah, it did. It's amazing. But <laughs> I had story. never been to a Krispy Kreme before. And he goes, you always got to go when the hot now light is on. I'm like, why is that? And he goes, well, I will show you. So he takes now. me inside. <laughs> the very first thing that happens is... Attractive young lady goes. That's what did it. Welcome yeah. to Krispy Kreme. Hands me a donut. Now right for like, she, well, she had this little plastic stick. Pulls it right off the thing. Hands it right to me in a little um, wax paper thing. And for, Jeff and said, says, "Marry me." Like, for thirteen-year-old Jeff, this was something he like, never thought would happen. Well, I had never. I mean, in all my years, I Pinch love donuts. Me. Don't get me wrong, but I had never had like a hot, fresh, cooked. Oh no, they're donut, delicious. Like yeah. right out of other than making them at home. I hear you. You're right. So there was just something about when they handed me that 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 fresh glazed donut right off the freaking assembly line thing there. It just it just come out of the little waterfall of glaze. And I'm just like I think it's wow. a glaze. I think it's a glaze. Wow. Just so so technical. yeah. Now, <laughs> glaze. Hey, now, you know what? I can completely agree with you on that because my dad, who is a McDo- was like McDonald's head all together. Right. Uh Came this close to selling off all of his McDonald's shares and putting it all in Krispy Kreme when he had his first Krispy Kreme done. He's like, wow. "This is the future." Well, he, well, he wasn't all that was. He, he was not wrong well, until yeah. about what two thousand five when they had the this health scaling down. Kicked in. Well, no, it's just they they expanded too quickly, so they had to shut down a lot of underperforming stores. But I'm still up until that point, they were making bank. I'm still a fan of the donut from a bakery. Uh, I used to work. I used to be a delivery guy, early morning delivery guy for Dinkle's Bakery. In oh, Chicago. I love the name. Yeah, Dinkle's Bakery, and they'd been around for about a hundred years. And I would <laughs> really? get there at like three forty in the morning, three thirty in the morning. Were they all traditional? Or did they have like their own kind of thing going on? They were mostly just straight up traditional, and I would get like cake donuts and some uh, like the Krispy Kreme ones, but it was mostly cake donuts. And I would deliver them to like hospitals and there was a small gas station in downtown chicago that still got fresh donuts every morning and there would mm. be guys there at like five in the morning waiting to get donuts you know How brilliant. like just chilling out at the yeah. gas station at five in the morning <laughs> talking wow. to the crazy old dude that still ran the place but wow yeah. so if you uh, if i don't know if, i don't know if a lot of there's a couple bakeries in we town but had... yeah if there's a bakery that does donuts you should check them out most people just get cakes and stuff but I really have romantic feelings about Chicago. Just there's a. I like to live in there. Yeah, it's a good city. It's just uh, I didn't it's live nice there long, city. but I lived there long enough to really fall in love with it. A lot of good people. A lot of, it's a good city. Really? Because yeah. I remember calling you several times. Oh, I hated it. Was like absolutely. You hated living there. I hated living there. But what? But why is that? Because I lived there in the winter. If you well, and you grew up here. You, in you Vegas, lived there right? in like no. What, I grew it? up in Indiana, but even so, that's still a step Chicago's into. Chicago's a pretty intense winter. Yes. There's a lot I of never snow, visited ice, you when you were out there, but didn't, didn't you just have like a one bedroom with really poor heat? Yes, something I had, like that. I had like one radiator in the corner of a living room. Yeah, yeah. well, living space. Ro- space room. Yeah. So even like in the in the dead of winter, I couldn't even sleep in my bedroom because yeah. I had to curl There's up by the radiator. There's a lot of old buildings that have not ever been 
retrofitted with proper heating mm -hmm. or air conditioning. You still have a lot of places with a radiator that'll clang when it gets, yep. you know, clink, 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 clink. Right. And, and I know yeah, that radiator. my memories are, are tainted by nostalgic moments, and I've forgotten a lot of the shitty stuff because that was some of the roughest time of my life living there. But it, but the, it is a nice city, and it is. there there is museums some, beautiful. There's some yeah. amazing museums. If Theater you, is great. If you are a museumite, that is a, definitely a city to check out. With the uh, Science and Industry Museum, the Art Institute, Science the, and Industry, where they have the uh, the wolves. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, where they have the wolves, <laughs> and uh, there's uh, also the Shedd Aquarium and uh, the Planetarium and the Natural History Museum, to name a few. Not to mention the Modern Art Museum. Uh, uh, it is an amazing city when it comes to uh, museums and such. Uh, they have a pretty good children's museum, I hear, that they'll never let Todd into. God damn and it! Then, uh, <laughs> and then also, yes, as you say, uh, there's over 250 functioning theater companies in the Chicagoland area. So on any given weekend, you can see 70 to 80 different theater mm. productions. It's amazing. And all you yeah. got to say is Steppenwolf, man. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Amazing Steppenwolf. So. No. But anyway... We're living in Las Vegas. We are living in Las Vegas. Entertainment capital of the world. Yeah. So let's entertain you <laughs> with news you don't give a shit about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brought to you not by Neurobliss. Uh, I don't know. This one, the first one might be. Uh, Brian Singer has confirmed that Holly Berry will return as Storm for the next X-Men movie. And that's it. Were we all worried about that? Like, <laughs> not, not that I'm worried. I didn't like her in the X-Men movies. Oh, you didn't See, care for I her? didn't. No. Uh, I didn't have a problem with her, but Paul has such vitriol for her. He's like, "That's true." My, I my, fucking hate her as Storm. God damn it! I, I thought oh. it was just uh, it was it was. She seemed bored. Her she delivery seemed, was. Uh, uh, she was a non-participant. Yeah. I felt like the character just wasn't really used much. Yeah, and and didn't really. They didn't write much for her. Exactly. It's 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 a powerful character, but. And not only that, but even in the post interviews, and she was, it was pretty much just like, ah, fuck X Men. This is this is not what I do. So, well, but I mean, it also could have I been. Mean, it's, like, it's fine if you're doing it for a paycheck, but as, at least bring your A game. I mean, well, even if you're underwritten, don't seem bored. I hear you. Easier said than done sometimes, but I hear you definitely. Yeah, she's just underwritten. There's not much to the character. Right. They didn't give her like there's all these serious conversations going on, and she's always in the background. Nodding her head, and looking yeah, yeah she's barely doing anything. You know, so I don't. I agree with you that that doesn't mean you shouldn't participate. Oh but yeah, it, no, yeah. But it does like make this it, is going to stop me from. I thought she was better yeah. in two than. But in it the first makes it one. harder to participate for her as an actress when they don't give her much to do to participate with. You know? I, I see and can you know your point. I still don't like her performance. I it didn't bother me, but I also don't know the comic books. Well, that's another thing, yeah. Storm so is a I don't very interesting know character what that character comics. is. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and to see such a bland, flat performance yeah. can bring out the eye. Did you just call Halle Berry flat? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, no. <laughs> it's a mountainous woman in all oh, the right whoa, places. Now you just made her sound large. Very woman, was, womanly. She is, come yeah, on. She's, <laughs> don't womanly. call a woman mountainous. <laughs> I, I'm no expert about women, but I'm pretty sure you're not supposed Hey, honey, you look awfully mountainous today. That's not going to go over well. <laughs> Reminds me of the glow wrestler Mount Fiji. Why did that pop into my brain? <laughs> the glow wrestler wow. Mount Fiji. <laughs> I, my brain just went way back wow. to I, the I, masturbation I, machine. Wow. I was going to wow. say, I, I, I barely remember glow. I don't uh, even know any of the freaking wrestlers. For those of you names. listening at home going, huh? 
Gorgeous uh, Ladies of Wrestling. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. The the it was filmed at the Riviera Hotel in Las yep. Vegas. That's fun because last night The Simpsons it was a uh, wrestling episode. Oh yeah, that it was. With, Didn't uh, WWE buy the rights to that? But they haven't really done much with it. They, yeah, I think they bought Something it like that. And they just they probably kinda, bought it to get it out of there. So and they it could started with that. Thing. They all it, they would start with this. Oh, you got to uh, out there find the gorgeous ladies of wrestling opening. I'm sure it's montage. on YouTube. There's a million different ones because each one, the ladies rap. Oh, <laughs> and, I vaguely remember that. And then, like, before they'd wrestle, they would cut to that lady rapping about how she's going to kick the other person's ass. Wow. But it was yeah. always, like, a pre recorded from, like, a year ago. Yeah. It was yeah. just the thing they did. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's, it was ridiculous. But to my, you know, 12 year old loins, it was the best show on the planet. You know what's unfortunate? That you just discussed your 12-year-old wines. Well, This is why you're not allowed in the Children's God Museum right there. Right there. I just want to see the Children's Museum. I yeah. don't want to touch the children. Sad news. Uh, uh, good news. I've just started working at the Children's Museum here in Las Vegas. Uh, they have a brand new facility uh, at the Smith Center, which if you don't know where that is, it's right across from the World Trade Market Center, that whole World Market Center uh, downtown in Las Vegas. An amazing facility, uh, beautiful, gorgeous, probably world-class facility now. Uh, but if you do not have children, they will not let you in the building. Now, couldn't they? I mean, I I might have missed this because I know you guys were discussing yeah. it when I I ran into the other room for a moment before we started recording. But couldn't they have like a parents-only day so that you get to go and they explore? They very well could, and, uh, or, and or like an adults-only day. So you go, you explore, you see. Like if you would quote, if there was enough children, public pressure, I'd bet they'd arrange yeah, something. They might so that there that wouldn't out. be any kids in there that day. You could yeah. go check it out, and there well, wouldn't be a creep bring factor. Your kids, but you know, it's your own morning. I mean, but I know there's some parks kid. that are doing that too. Yeah. Now. There's kids everywhere. I will find a kid I know. and bring it. Uh, but if you have children, listeners. You should definitely check out the new museum. Yes. If you if you've been to the old one, don't the, let Todd near your kids. The old what? Lead, lead <laughs> Children's Museum. Uh, uh, from what I understand, this one is a hundred times better than the old one. It's three stories. There's a four story jungle gym with all kinds of like uh, games and things you can do inside. Come on! You can, like they have like these tubes where you put like a handkerchief in and the tube the handkerchief goes through the tubes flies around and it comes flying out and flies to right where you were when you God put the damn tube it in. I want really? to Yeah, no, it's that. really cool. Wow. And I got like all these awesome things and then you get to the top of this tower they call the summit and it's all open windows and you get a beautiful view of downtown uh, the whole city and everything. Yeah. yeah it's really nice. cool. It's really awesome. Yeah. So if you have listeners those cry. listeners who have kids <laughs> Uh, good for you. Good go, for you. Go check it out. That, that's what you, that's what you got for years of diapers. You got to go to the museum. Those of go. you who don't have kids, hey, get off your butt and make some kids. <laughs> now, are the parents allowed to go into like the jungle you can go and anywhere. stuff with them? Well, yeah, because they, now, want, they it, want you to be able to play with your children. Oh, okay. If and, I, and, it, and so you can keep your children safe from other kids. And all if that. I, I walked in there with, my, with Jeff's mini-me doll. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's nearly full size. In fact... <laughs> That would probably only get you more trouble. <laughs> uh, Call no. security. We have another one. <laughs> yeah, they may try to figure out a way for adults because they also have some temporary exhibits that are a little more adult-centric uh, that people might like. So, But uh, also, actually, this Saturday is the grand opening, and if you have kids, the first 1,500 people will get into the museum for free. So if you've never been to the Children's Museum, and you have children, 
uh, Saturday would be a day to go. However, the first 1,500 people get in free, which means there's going to be at least 1,500 people there trying to get in for free. So there you go, nerd papas. <clears throat> Teach your children how to line up for the nerd games early by yeah. arriving the day before. Yeah. Mama, the uh, the children's museum grow got up to be awesome kinds of science things, and there's a whole patent pending thing where you invent things and like parach- like make a better parachute, make a better car, make a better this. And then there's the art area, and there's a whole uh, water world area where you play with all these shooting jets and how things float and building dams and locks and everything. And then there's a that oh, huge jungle gym. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, okay, so awesome. there's not the mariner trying to find no. dry land. Okay, well, there's that, but that's just this creepy if guy. I was there, the it would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is Join why you're not allowed. Exist. I've seen That's it. That's the real reason you're not allowed because we don't need I'll bring to teach my, that to our children. Because I'll bring my Kevin Costner action figure. That it? He should be nowhere near children. <laughs> we don't need a man who drinks his own piss near, near children. <laughs> it's sterile for the few, first few seconds. It's been run through a, at least some a kind of a purifier process. And well, it's at least been pushed to that prop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Uh, PETA is not pleased with Ubisoft's latest chapter in the Assassin's Creed franchise. After the PlayStation 4 announcement, the games for the next generation are hitting the news lines, including the latest Assassin's Creed game. One screenshot, it was revealed that Wailing would play some sort of role in the story. Yes, that means that the player will take pay, take part in some Wailing themselves. And that is the reason for PETA's frustration. Quote, uh. Whaling, that is shooting whales with harpoons and leaving them to struggle for an hour or more before they die and are hacked apart while they are still alive, may seem like something out of the history books, but this bloody industry still goes on today in face of international condemnation, and it's a disgrace for any game to glorify it. PETA encourages video game companies to create games that celebrate animals, not games that promote hurting and killing them. Unquote. This is certainly not the first time PETA has been up to an arms over a video game before. Uh, in fact, about six months ago, I think uh, we talked about them going against the Tanuki suit because that means poor Mario had to had get this, a Tanuki to get it. Yeah. So this new Assassin's Creed looks pretty cool. Um, he plays a it pirate. Does. It I totally want to be a pirate and whale. So I'm, I'm in it. Now here's the thing: I am abhorrently against whaling. I, I like deeply it's a terrible, terrible, horrible, and, disgusting and, thing. And uh, I agree. And not only that, but the shot hunting of sharks for their fins. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the turtle soup bullshit. Yeah. Tiger bone. I mean, it's, stuff. it is, it, yeah. it is abhorrent and it sickens me, but to the core, but I cannot deny the fact that if they're making a pirate game involving merchant ships back during the formation time of this country, it was, a yeah, oh, is that where it takes place? Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah, not it even modern like, day no, whaling. Nowhere though. near. Yeah. So this is like you got to get in the in the boat, the tiny little boat, the whaling boat, and get the long harpoon. It's yeah, it's a and pirate get, game. Get Queequeg with you, yeah, and hope that that guy can stab. Peter, shut up! <laughs> shut up, Peter! <laughs> and also, it's a video game. How yeah. many times we have to fucking say it's a game? It doesn't. It's not real. It's. You have no problem with Assassin's Creed, <laughs> except that they fuck up whales? Yeah, not to it's mention... It's Assassin's Creed! <laughs> I killed You're being... an assassin killing other human beings, I assume. And I can, just I can, and I can bet you game, the I... human body count is huge in example the last to the game, whales I you killed hunt. more oh. British shoulders... Than existed. Shoulders? Soldiers. Shoulders. 
I killed the shoulders. British head soldiers. soldiers. Dandruff thing. Head and soldiers. He, head he and cured soldiers. the dandruff of the did British you soldiers. Did you shoulder the British shoulders' shoulders? <laughs> the weight is on my shoulders. <laughs> but I killed more Brits than than lived in England at the time. Well, the Brits. So. That's fine. They deserve to yeah. die. We all <laughs> come on. It just and you also uh, hunt in the last one, and too. you do do a lot of hunting. I didn't yeah, hear you bitching about beaver. that. I'm still beaver pissed about I the killed, stamp act. A bear. <laughs> I uh, killed I him wiped. a bear when he was only three. <laughs> I eradicated uh, I mean, the entire. Has Peta protested like uh, the the hunting game with the rifle, the uh, Cabela? Cabela, the, yeah. yeah. That one. If they have, they, they sure probably they have. have. I just, I gotta think they have. I'm sure they have. I mean, this is equivalent to you know. Put it this way: I'll, I'll bet you, like every week, I could probably come something Peter's for this show about. if I just go to Peter's website and find out what they're talking I, about. I mean, now. this is the same thing of blaming the video games for yeah. violence. It's more of the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, blah. It's a bunch of undereducated people trying to times? blame something. How many times do we have? To, I mean, something's got to be a scapegoat. Just looking for attention. Yep. There you go. Keeps them in the news. But I, you know, I'm well, curious to welcome, see. Peter. Keeps you in news we don't give a shit about. Damn right. <laughs> I'm curious to see how uh, how Assassin's Creed takes on the whole whaling thing. I'm sure because it it always has uh, a historical reference along with some modern um, viewpoints on it. I'm sure. And I'm sure they're very well aware of. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. What most of society when you get thinks about it, what whaling is. I haven't played the game, but I assume I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the whaling aspect. Is probably not a major hinge right. pin in Can the game. Can you imagine? That's the whole damn in fact, game. In fact, I'll bet you, except for like the, the trying it out once to teach you how to do it. Yeah, you, it's probably optional for the rest. It of the might game. be a lot like the poker game. It's in probably Red le- Dead it's Redemption. probably less than <laughs> yeah. It's probably less right. than five percent of the whole game. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I, and I think that's pretty, I've watched pretty generous three separate trailers, and I didn't even know there was whaling involved. Yeah. So they must have really it's, been looking no, closely. This, for this that. is from I'm a sure sca- this is from a screenshot of the game. I mean, I was focused on interesting. You know, they had Blackbeard sitting there telling me how badass this uh, Kenway pirate is. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. like four pistols strapped to him. He carries double sabers. We need to write fine. And every once in a while, he pulls pirate out a pirate game. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Pirate games are tough. What is it about it? Like there haven't been a lot of like swashbuckling games that have been really good, have there? No, that's. Uh, I mean, the last one's probably Sid Meier's Pirates, which is a very old game that got yeah, read, and, and it was good for its time. Remember, yeah. its time was about 1988. There's yeah. and I've played there was other a, games there was based a, on that. There was an online one Monkey that my buddy Island. was playing for a while, but it, a lot of them end up being very like Disney, like kind of younger kid looking yeah. sure. feeling and uh, but they're not intended for that age but they still look like in that. fact one of the most promising one was going to be put out by disney based on the pirates of the caribbean franchise and it was yeah. squashed when it was nearly finished huh. so oh, it's that, weird it's, it, was it was a, a role-playing MMO. game yeah was yeah it, a role no, it was, it was a it was single player role-playing game oh because okay. it's like a uh it's it's so fraught with potential for really enjoyable things to do mm, within yeah. a, a gaming world. In fact, I know there's a pirate game that was released not six months ago, at least yeah. for the Xbox, probably for the PS3 as well. Can't remember the name of it. All I know is my Gamefly review says I really should rip it out of my queue. <laughs> Weird. See, because my buddy, when he was looking for games to play, 
because he was playing. I can never remember the name of it, but he was playing a space game that that's out there that's really slow moving. That's internet and everybody's on it. And Eve Online. Uh, Eve, I think it was. Yeah, okay. he was playing that, which but intrigues it, the hell out. But of it's it intrigued him too because it's just so bleak yeah, and so true. empty. But it costs money to play every month, mm-hmm. and his wife was yelling at him for expenses. So he's trying to find a good game to play, and he was trying to find a pirate game, and he could not. This was three years ago yeah. he could not find one he found one but it was it was a little cheesy it was a little cheesy but it wasn't intended for little kids but it felt and looked like it was for little kids and you know and that, that brings up another thing it's it's amazing how in this last generation of all the games we've gotten there's been a lot of games yeah in this yeah. generation the only space fight simulator that there I've haven't seen, been a lot of good space uh, games I, I've gone called Dark Star 1 that was put out in Japan and it's got the most horrible voiceovers and yeah. horrible cutscenes, but overall a fun game. It's got yeah. all the trading aspects and everything else you want in a that world kind of in that game. kind of thing. But that's the only game I can think yeah. of that was released with a that in mind. Well, and even a game like you know, like we have like Red Dead or uh, or you know Grand Theft, like a game of that nature, first person you know shoot 'em up game. There haven't really been many pirate ones, or has there been any? I, I can't even think. In fact, the yeah. last pirate game that I know of that had any kind of pirate theme to it was Risen 2, which was a role-playing game. Yeah, and that's and, a different, slightly different thing. And, and it is exactly a role-playing game, but it yeah. was also, I played it, a fairly poor role-playing game. So yeah. it's there just hasn't it? been, the quality hasn't been there. Why is that, I wonder? That's weird. I mean, I, I Especially found with the list, of the Caribbean going yeah. so well. It doesn't and, have years next to the... Yeah, I guess list. Lego's part of the Caribbean is all you get. Which I hear yeah. is fun. Yeah. All those a, Lego, a Lego games. Game. Game. But that's another one, too. Like, it's kids. I don't, I don't know why there aren't more good pirate movies and, like, sailing movies. The Pirates yeah. of Caribbean movies are fine. So you got that Master and Commander. Well, Master and Commander is a cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. But the Pirates of Caribbean movies are kind of ridiculous. Well, they're, yeah, they're yeah. getting more and more so. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. The yeah. first I watched actually half of good. that last one, and yeah. I was just like, done. Sadly, I own the last one, but it was given to me oh. by Disney. That was nice. Uh, oh, because well, I was your, working yeah. for Disney. And they were like, thank you for all your hard work on our project. Oh. They had like leftovers from the crew <laughs> who made the movie. And I was doing the uh, Lion King at the time. And they were like, so oh. we all showed up one day and we just had this like official uh, thank you one. It has a fancy little wrapper on it. It's like acknowledging all our hard work and contribution yeah. to the Pirates of Pets. We never got anything like that when I worked for Disney. That I didn't have anything to do with <laughs> Sadly, that's also why I own Alice in Wonderland, a movie I should just burn. Anyway. <laughs> Are you talking about the Burton one? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never heard. Saw it. I've never saw it, Terrible. but I've, uh, nobody that I have talked to that has seen it liked it. You know what? If you want, after the show, I'll shit on your head, and then you'll see the movie. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pass on that one there. <laughs> I'll consider it. Wait, what, what did you have for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it makes a difference. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. This one comes from themarysue.com. Uh, so you may have heard that there's a porn parody of Universal's NC-17 rated Fifty Shades of Grey movie, even though Universal hasn't even cast it yet. And some of those amongst you who... Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I can't even let this finish. It's not a porn version of a movie. It's a porn version of the book. If the movie hasn't even come out yet... How can it be a porn version of a movie that hasn't even come out yet? It's a porn version of a book. <laughs> and some of those amongst you who are not uh, who are not aware of this are surely saying, well, it was bound to happen. Well, it's also inevitable that Universal would sue the Fifty Shades porn parody for copyright and trademark infringement, which they are doing. 
But what isn't inevitable is that Smash Pictures, the makers of the Fifty Shades of Grey, a XXX adaptation, would come up with an even moderately clever countersuit. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Smash Pictures' argument is that Universal is not the sole rights holder of Fifty Shades because the story and its details belong to the public domain and have ever since it was originally published as fan fiction. And for those unaware, Fifty Shades of Grey was written originally as fan fiction. I was unaware of that. Free on the internet. Yep. And then it got popular, but they... I've never read it. They started... uh, The Twilight people started poking at it, so they changed some names... And yeah, there, it was originally a Twilight fan. Fiction. It was Twilight oh, fan fiction. Is that what it was? Yeah. And they changed some names and then re- released so it as Twilight. Say, yeah, it was like they took Twilight where it should have gone. Right. Where the, <laughs> well, where Twilight wanted to take it, but they yeah. were making yeah. books for thirteen-year-olds. So it was on various public websites like uh, fanfiction.net, for example. Uh, but, but at the same time, but from here, here's a smash. Universal probably paid for the rights, the film rights. They probably paid for the published book rights, mm-hmm. but yeah. if it's free in public domain and they base their version off of the public domain version, yeah, then 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 Universal has whole nothing. Fuzzy world of mm-hmm. copyright law. Yeah. And this is how Smash Pictures puts it: on information and belief, our, our information and belief, as much as eighty-nine percent of the content of the allegedly copyrighted materials grew out of a multi-part series of fan fiction called Masters of the Universe based on Stephanie Meyer's Twilight novels. Uh, On information and belief, this content was published online between 2009 and 2011 in various venues, including fanfiction.net and the uh, the personal website of Erica Leonard. Our information and belief, much or all of this material, was placed in the public domain. Now, 89% is an oddly specific number, but that's the argument Smash Pictures made out. Uh, to defend its use of, quote, exact dialogue, characters, events, stories, and style from the Fifty Shades trilogy, unquote, according to Universal's original suit. Uh, whether this argument actually holds any water is another story. Large media corporations are only starting to investigate the legality of obtaining rights to works once created spontaneously on sites based on user-submitted content like fanfiction.net and Reddit. Uh, Universal says that Smash Pictures can't claim that Fifty Shades is derived from other authors, specifically Stephanie Meyer, while they also claim that it's derived from Masters of the Universe, a work created by Mitchell. And while I'm not so sure that it's particularly a firm position, it does seem to be true that there's no guarantee anything on fanfiction.net is actually in the public domain, since there's no specific mention of it on the site's terms of service. Uh, hearings on the case will resume soon yeah, in California courts. Yeah, just because you courts. get to see it for free doesn't mean it's public domain. Yeah. It just means that it's being provided for free. So that could be part of the problem there. That is part of the problem. Now, but but also, you- a lot of uh, companies will not uh, buy fiction that has been published on the Internet, made available for free, because they feel that it has been made for free, it is public domain, so they will not buy it. Yeah, it's a fuzzy Yeah, line. so it's, it's going to be an interesting thing. How is this any different than making, you know, Forrest Humps a lot? I mean, how is this any I different? I think it's because this script is very specific to the novel. It's not like this one's... I got a feeling this is less parody. Oh, yeah. so what they're trying to do is Smash is saying... A- Hollywood can't make this story properly. Here's a chance for us to make a right. serious pornography movie uh, based on a or novel. Or something true to the material. Yeah, well, yeah, true to the material. I well, that, the material. At least according to Universal's complaint on it. Because I know for a fact... Because they say that it uses exact dialogue, characters, events, story, okay. and style. But that happens a lot 
in porn anyway, doesn't yeah. it? Porn parodies. Well, usually porn parodies, they stretch it far enough that I think, I mean, parody, when they're, you, they're you can parody under, anything uh, under Fair Use Act. Yeah, there's a, there's a parody uh, usage But here they're law. not parodying anything. But I think at they're this doing point, they're their like, version of the story. That's what it seems like. There is a parody copyright exception that is out there as long as Bizarro. you change, I forget what it is, there's a percentage that you change, but you're still lampooning the original material. Um, I found out a lot, a lot of this stuff like when we were actually starting up the show, too, as we were looking up fair use and all that stuff. Um, but what's interesting is, because uh, this, is, this is something that Weird Al has run into in the past, doing his parodies. Yeah, but that now guy, he figured it out. Yeah, he yeah. always gets permission from the original artists to do the parody. Which is partly why he's... Yeah. Which is part of why he's so successful, and he's he's yeah. always gotten, except for the whole... It's uh, a class act. Yeah. Uh, well, he's also the, a good musician. The, Gaga thing. the Amish, and, no, and the Amish Paradise one. That. Oh, Amish Paradise? Uh, mm-hmm. Amish Paradise was the, the infamous one where he thought he had permission, he went forward and did it, and then yeah. found out that... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Had uh, the guy who did mm-hmm. the song? Yeah, uh, I, I'm totally blanking out on his name now. Uh, Coolio. Coolio. That's the one. Had had said he had not given permission, and he was not but, Coolio. But anyway, like Weird Al actually does not have to do that. His material are original works based on and yeah, parodying yeah. the or, the original artist's work. So he's covered under the parody, parody exception and in copyright law. So he could actually release all of his songs if he wanted. Another uh, perfect example is um, the James Blunt song, You're Beautiful. He did a parody called You're Pitiful. Yeah. Got permission from Blunt to do it. Just before he was about to release the album, Blunt's record company came in and said, don't use this song. We're n- we don't want you to use this song. So he had Blunt's permission, but he didn't have that record company's position, uh, permission. So he actually released it for free on the internet. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, did the, yeah. he did the yeah. same thing when uh, he did. Oh, the Gaga the, uh, one, Gaga thing. Perform this way, which yeah. interestingly enough, she came out and said she's like, "No, I said he could do it, but it was her the record company. Yeah, her manager yeah. and the record company were like, no, you can't.' She said you can't. And she's like, I never said he couldn't. So, well, this is also another prime example. This Smash thing, the Fifty Shades of Grey. That again, we created this thing called the internet, and the internet's yeah. pretty awesome. And the original intent was that things would be shared freely and we would all be yeah. happy. It's an we, information design. We wanted to create a utopian world where we could just share. But unfortunately, we live in a capitalistic world where we don't like to share without somebody making something off of it. And that's cool. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I want to be paid for the, my work. Sure. People should be paid for their work. But unfortunately, the law... The law. The law. The law. I am the law. You are the law. Uh, um, uh, has uh, has not caught up to the internet, yeah. and so there's still all these huh, pun intended, all these gray areas yeah. when it comes to issues like this. Because what, where are the rights, and who has the rights, mm-hmm. and how do you get, obtain rights, and and like I say, just because it's free, and just because it's on a website that says things are public domain. Right. Still, is it really public domain? And just because we think it's public domain, and what makes something public domain? Just because it's free doesn't make it public domain. And there's there's another interesting side of this, too, where, like, you can create a work, you can copyright the work, and then you can publish it online for free for anybody to read. However, if you... 
uh, move that media into a different format, i.e. you're taking that printed um, media and taking it and making it a film, the media rights do not transfer. So if you're, you're, if even if you, 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 let's say I wrote a story, I copyrighted it, but I said, hey, you know what? If anybody wants to read this, you can read it for free on my website. You know, yeah. I still own the copyright, but if a movie company wants to make a movie transfer those rights to film, they still they have to, have to they have to come through me. Sure. Yeah. So even though I'm providing it as a printed media online for free, right. The right story. I think what makes this one the, such a gray area is that originally this story was not an original story. Yeah. It was a continuation of other characters in right. fan yeah. fiction that didn't belong to this person in the first place. Yeah, it was a fan parody. fiction. So but there's been the plenty place, of fan so. fiction that's been sold, that's become. Sure. And then they have to make changes because you can't really there, copyright fan not that fiction. I'm aware of. Oh no! Yeah, I assume there was. I don't read a lot of fan fiction, but I assume there have been. There have been stories that were started as fan fiction and they completely reworked them to make yeah, them into another story. story. Whatever, yeah. And you know, like because I I've not personally read any, but I've had people tell me it's like, I think oh it's, yeah, I think you can clearly see this is this series, but. I think part of the problem here support. is we just haven't defined what is public domain. Sure. Because in a in a previous, before the internet, where we were just giving shit away. You know what? Now I give a shit, actually. Yeah. Because this could define that. Well, it could, and it should. Because in, like, cause in the same thing, if I write a song, I write the songs, and I go to a, a club, and I just play at an open mic, I have played that for free for you mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you have the rights to use that song sure in a movie or a tv show it's my song right just because yeah. i have yet to get that song on an album and out there on a record and make it's my creation yeah but that's that whole copyright thing and then people steal your ideas and that's oh, those man. bastards so yeah sorry if, for your ears there is something to say of if you didn't copyright it in the beginning, then yeah. nobody needs to have rights to it. And, and that uh, means everybody has the rights to it. Thus endeth the lesson. Yep. You know? So really, Universal has no rights, any more rights to it than Smash or you or I. Because there was no original rights to have. Now, granted, it became a book. and then Once the it was, yeah, once it was purchased, uh, or I should say once it was published... That particular version of the work could be copyrighted, and then the rights to that. It really comes by down Universal. to how much the ch- the script has changed for yeah. the porn yeah. quote parody. Yeah, and how much was changed between the original fan fiction and then the version that became because I'm sure Universal novel. is basing it off the best selling novel. Yes, and I'm sure Smash is too, although they're going to say they're not. Um, Smash is saying they're basing it off the internet version, which became the novel. But you're yeah. right. If Smash only used material that never went into the novel, then they would be completely in rights. But once you get into the book, that's where it's... Yeah. And I'm going to say that the version that was written up on the internet was probably just a copy of my browser history. So <laughs> I think I should get some money out of this. Weekend Geek. That's, right. that's disturbing. And we heard uh, that Harrison Ford will return as Han Solo in the upcoming Star Wars and Episode die. 7. And die. 
Uh, now Carrie Fisher has told Palm Beach Illustrated that she will indeed reprise the role of Luke Skywalker's sister. Palm oh, not Jabba Beach the Hutt. Illustrated? Yes. Oh, got the They're Harrison the ones Ford that got news. the scoop. Is that like Sports Illustrated, but just Palm Beach? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all swimsuit issues. In fact, she's the cover girl. A lot of weightlifting and swimsuits. Nobody wants to you see that. got the that. Harrison Ford news from Latino Review, so. <laughs> That's right. Uh, when asked what kind of part she envisioned the character playing in the new movie, Fisher said, quote, elderly. <laughs> She's an intergalactic old folks home. Then she laughed. I think she I was would be, say planetary, but be sure. just like uh, she was before, only slower, less inclined to be up for the big battle. Unquote. Star Wars Episode Seven will be directed by J.J. Abrams, pegged for a 2015 release so far. So she'll be the, the old dude standing at the council telling us the countdown and... You know, yeah, yeah. Watching as everybody else is fighting. I hope she says it's a trap. Yes, she's not going to play. She's not going to play Jabba the Hutt. Oh, that's not nice. Oh, no. I know it's not. That's not. That's 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 what everybody was thinking. Uh, No, 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 nobody was. No, (laughs) no. I like to think of her from uh, Thirty Rock when she plays the drunkard, the old drunk writer. That's. Well, it's a pretty funny it's, character she plays. Anyway, it's, well, it's it's based off of her her own personal interest history. I watched yeah. the little comedy special where she talks. She's like brutally honest about her background and everything, yeah. and the medications and so forth that she's been on, and her oh no she's history of rough, alcoholism. She and, had a rough ride. I yeah, mean, she was like what eighteen. She, she was nineteen when she when did Star that? Wars. And got swept up into all that. And, yeah, 21 no. when she did uh, Empire. Imagine. I can't imagine. And 24 Ridiculous. when she did Return of the Jedi. Ridiculous. Daryl Gallagher, head of Crystal Dynamics, confirmed that they are working with GK Damn. Films to reboot the Tomb Raider film fan- franchise. Really? Quote, they are working from this new take that we've given them. It's a good partnership. We're seeing the challenges through the same lens. It was important for both of us to have a cohesive version of the franchise. We didn't want to see a film version that was a continuation of the old Tomb Raider films. I mean, the best, the old Tomb Raider, you couldn't have picked a better person to play Lara Croft. Sure. I think you could have. You could have picked a few better people to write the script. Visually, you couldn't pick. I mean, she looked just like her in my mind. She, yeah, she looked great for it. And actress, acting wise, whatever. But, but that's not why you're watching a Laura Croft movie necessarily. You're not watching it for the dram- great dramatic. Yeah. You're watching it for the jiggle. You're watching it for yeah, yeah to watch this girl kick ass. Unfortunately, this, those movies were just so confused. And, yeah. And out. But there. I'm I'm glad they're making it another go. I think there's potential in it. Yeah, I wanted more. I always liked that game because it was sort of Indiana Jones to the nth degree. And I haven't played yeah. the new ones, but I, the new one, I'm but I hear it's fairly good. Is good, it out uh, now? Is it officially? It is out? officially out. I might have to. I might have to buy it. I mean, I'll wait until it's only forty dollars as opposed to seventy. Uh, now two weeks from now on Amazon. Yeah, it's exactly. apparently QuickTime event heavy, but uh, oh, you know, yeah. What games Whatever. aren't these days? Well, the last <laughs> one, the last one had quite a few QuickTime moments that were, but they were okay. I didn't mind. Yeah. So far, the reviews have been pretty positive. I've always liked those games. I've liked. Pretty much, I've enjoyed every version of that game that I've played. But that's me. You know what? I have to say, I've, ingri- I've enjoyed some it too. were better than others. Sure, but, but I've always enjoyed them. You're right. Yeah. It's one of the few series I've probably played through every single iteration of it. Yeah, and they're always fun. I never got to the end of the one where you had to kill all the sharks to get out of the thing, and because I just couldn't kill all those sharks at the end. But other than that, frustrating. Yeah, it was just like one of those. Stupid- you just 
dumb lucky. He was thing. a member of PETA at the time. <laughs> yeah, they the have freaking laser the beams on their heads. <laughs> no, it was just one of those. Him. You know what I mean? It was one of those dumb luck things of like, yeah, you had to get your breath, and then you just had to just dumb luck press those buttons right at the right second and have the sharks happen to be coming and then get out the uh, it was stupid. Yeah. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I talked to my brother about it because he used to be able to finish all those games. And he goes, oh, that's basically the end of the game. And I was like, what do you mean basically? He goes, literally, you climb out a hatch, you get on a, a thing and you drive off. And I was like, okay, don't need to finish that game. <laughs> you <gotta> finish it. <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Got everything by the achievement point. According to Disney's Twitter account... Original Evil Dead writer-director Sam Raimi uh, was asked about the potential sequel of uh, Evil Dead and was quoted as saying, I would love to make Evil Dead 4. My brother and I plan to work on the script this summer, unquote. It's assumed the brother in question is Ivan Raimi, who worked with uh, Sam on a number of productions in the past, including Army of Darkness. Not Ted. Although he'll probably make an appearance. I didn't know there there are three of them. Uh, yes, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. Oh, I guess Army of Darkness is... A, yeah, okay. Yeah, Army of Darkness was originally entitled Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. Yeah, but, uh, okay, that's right. And when, I'm uh, seeing good things about this reboot. This uh, remake of Evil Dead 1 that's coming up soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, is there a reboot? There's a remake? Yeah, it's, it's coming up next like, couple of, next I month, mean, I think. Why? Isn't it this one a little more horror? This this one goes this one goes back goofy? to yeah this one goes back to the original Evil Dead, which yeah. is a pretty freaky little horror film. It's very weird. little in the way of comedy, but really spooky. It gets comedic with the second film, and so uh, yeah, this that's har- the one I've seen. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. harkens back to that original one. So really, you could veer them off. I guess the, the, yeah. the Ash is now a comedic horror. Character. As an icon, yeah. Whereas in the reboot, there's not even an Ash character. I mean, what I like about uh, Army of Darkness, and I've seen the second one, uh, Evil Dead 2, I think, mm-hmm. uh, is that there's... Um, like Army of Darkness, obviously they had more budget. Sure. But yeah. they didn't make it look like they had more budget. You're you right. know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. they stayed true to the style and the feel and the approach to it. They were clearly still working... Mm-hmm. In that mentality of like, we've got forty grand and we're gonna make a movie. Granted, they probably had forty million and they made a movie. Well, maybe not yeah, that much. Not, they might have had four much. million though, and they made yeah. a movie. You know, probably. and so that was it, the only way it showed up was that like, oh, they had a lot more guys to deal with. There was yeah. an army, you know, <laughs> and, and it was like, and the makeup was a little better, and sure. some of the effects were better. Well, but. if I remember correctly, wasn't it, it? He'd already had the script basically, and they were gonna start shooting, and then De Laurentiis came in with more money and said, you know, you can make your third film in the series, and then of course De Laurentiis got bought out by Universal like not long after, and. So it ended up like technically getting released through Universal, but for Evil Dead Three, or I should say, Army of Darkness. Well, the first two are f- completely independent. Yeah, yeah, completely independent. And I, I, I pretty, sh- I. It's been so long as it was a Fangoria magazine that I got like before it even hit the theaters, years and years and years ago, that uh, that was talking about. Uh, Raimi was talking about producing the third film in the series. But now that you mentioned, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Evil Dead. Because the only most version, people haven't. Most the only people, versions I've yeah. seen are kind of the goofy, wacky ones. Yeah, you know, which the are first, fun. The first one but isn't shown that you, often. I'm sure you do. I, I it's can't. on Netflix, I think. Right now. Uh, that's that's shocking. I never would have guessed Todd, yeah. that you would have the first one. Isn't time. really like exhibited that often. You you see Evil Dead two here and there, yeah. and then you see Army of Darkness a lot. But 
You don't I mean, really Evil see Dead the first Two one. is a weird ass movie. It yeah. is, and that's it what is. It's I think weird. endears it to people. It's a total drug trip. It, 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 I think I have to say that Evil Dead Two is what really solidified me as a horror movie fan. Really? Yeah. Because seeing I, that in like junior high. I mean, for yeah, at that age, it's, yeah. that's a scary movie. But as an adult, I was like, well, it was a fun scary. Movie. It's yeah, it's yeah. more ridiculous than scary to me, you know. But yeah, no, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's it was well, just, like an R-rated was, version of House. It was on yeah. not too long ago, and I just watched it. It was on like Evil Encore or something. Yeah. Go back. Uh, is this Disney saying? The, uh, Disney's Twitter feed uh, put so uh, reprinted that answer that question. Do you, Disney has the rights to Evil Dead now? That's a good question. Hello, Disney owns everything. They do own everything. It's true. They're, doing they're it in taking a nice way, over yeah. the world in a very nice way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe Marvel had it or somebody else had it that they've acquired in the last 10 years. That would make years. a lot of sense. Well, yeah. I was, was reading a thing on well, Universal. Well, whoever did Army of Darkness probably has the well, That's what I was saying. As I was yeah. just reading, I, I was going to say that. Uh, I was reading this thing about Universal Studios earlier and its history and all the companies that it's bought up. And when it bought De Laurentiis, it actually owns the rights to Army of Darkness, but not the other two Evil Dead films. So I'll bet you that's probably one of the companies Disney has bought up. Well, those were independent, so... Yeah. Who knows? He, if he independently released them, but I forget. Maybe he, he made a deal with their, Disney. Their distributor. I'd have to look that one up. He might have just made a deal with Disney on his own. Everybody is. Well, it's possible. Let's, well, let's think about it. He's... The last movie he did is Oz, and that's Disney. Yeah, and that's that's Disney. Disney. Yeah, and this, so the great and that's the one that's coming out this Friday. Yeah. How did uh, can I? Uh, why is James Franco become like our new leading man? You don't like Franco? Uh, what, like well, it just seems like think? five years ago the guy was a joke. Like everybody was like that idiot. And then all of a sudden he does 127 hours or whatever. It's a great that is. movie. It is a good movie, and he's good in the movie. Yeah, he's not bad in the movie. He's not like awe-inspiringly great in the movie. He's good in the movie. And now all of a sudden he's like America's leading man. And I, I don't how, how is he America's leading man? Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Well, sure well, I but you know what I mean, mean, like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and like I just keep seeing him in these like large roles where sure, it's like, but there also tend to be genre roles where yeah. he has the largest following. A lot of that coming up from his Freaks and Geeks days. Yeah, I mean, granted, he's not playing romantic leads against mm. whatever and those kinds of things. But like, I just I'm surprised he has gotten. The, I'm not. The, I like James I agree. Franco. I, I'm I not he either. Does a good job, and, and I think yeah. he's proved himself along the way. Yeah, but uh, uh, and the fact that the movies that he's been in tend to make money. I get that. I get that. It's just another one of those things where there's just some. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it when it comes to him. <laughs> All right. Well, here's James your answer. Franco, I don't buy it. I don't. I don't buy it. What? So, what you look at? As up? far as video distribution, uh, Anchor Bay Entertainment owns the rights to Evil Dead 2, and Anchor Bay is a subsidy of Stars Entertainment who has exclusive deals with Disney. There you go. Okay. And there is your hierarchy. Thank you, Jeff. Once again, coming through. In a pinch. To the internet. Uh, now there's the sad side <laughs> of all this fantasy. Brian Singer's fairy tale action flick Jack the Giant Slayer opened this weekend with a mere $28 million. Did wow. anybody in this room see it? I did. It was already tracking to bring in a low 30 to $35 million, but couldn't reach that meager target. 
Despite the weak numbers, Jack actually nabbed the top spot at the box office this weekend. Because nothing's in the theaters. With minimal competition. <laughs> uh, but uh, with an estimated budget of $190 million plus $80 million in marketing, there's little hope of recovery. I've seen a few commercials. Can't say I want to go see it. Uh, the studio's hopeful that some positive word of mouth might help Jack hang around. But with, as we said, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful opening this weekend... Uh, with expectations Oz is going to bring in Alice in Wonderland-like numbers, Jack is expected to fall and fall hard. All right, so you said you went and saw the show. I went and saw Jack the Giant Killer. Would you what did advise you us to go see it? I would say don't let it stop you. There, there, I really enjoyed don't, it. What, uh, what's I, the end you're talking about that would stop us? <laughs> I, whatever is, is in your brain like, oh, no one's going to see this movie. It must be mad. It must be John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Um, because that's the that's the comparisons I keep seeing on the internet. It's like, it's the first failure of the year. It's John Carter numbers. It must be derp. Wow. Um, but I, you know what? I'm not going to say it's a great movie. Of course, it's not a great movie. It's the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. But it's in, even though Brian Singer directed it, I can't really feel him in it. It feels it's like it could be directed no by ship. It could be directed by anybody, <laughs> as far as that's yeah. concerned. But as far as like an extract effects extravaganza with the Jack and the Beanstalk story, I enjoyed myself. But here's the thing: I have yet to see Life of Pi. So if I'm going to go see an effects extravaganza, sure, I would go see Life of Pi. Absolutely. First. And I wanted to see a new movie. It was that or Hansel and Gretel. So I chose that. I would think they're probably about the same. Probably. Hansel and Gretel. Although, and you know Jack what? If, you, if, if the tomatoes numbers are to be trusted, I think uh, Jack was sitting at about 56% yeah. with Hansel and Gretel about 23 Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that, that kind of also pushed it over the edge, too. But I, I won't say I did, when I walked out of there, it's like I had a good time with it. Okay. I, I hear you. I can't say I'm all that excited about seeing Oz, either. That one I am just because, God damn, it looks pretty. It looks like it might be beautiful, yeah. And it feels like one of those movies like, uh, you know, probably better on the big screen, definitely. But yeah, And the some. three most beautiful witches you've ever seen. Oh, mm-hmm. who are the witches? I don't even know which witch. Who's you playing got, uh, which witches? Helen is, wait, not Helena. Is Helen? Well, Helena no. Bonham Carter's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember her name. The, the woman from the Mummy movies. That's Rachel the one Weiss. I'm thinking of, yeah. Oh, yeah, Rachel yeah, Weiss, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you have uh, Kunis. Mila Kunis. And the one that's playing Ozma, I don't recognize her, but she's absolutely stunning. Um, Alice in Wonderland numbers, huh? I keep getting amazed that that's like a reference point to them as like one of their great successes. Financially, it, made, it was. It made it a lot of money. Big money. Yeah. God, yeah Alice bad. was a success. It is a. Uh, it's one of those odd successes because nobody that I know that saw the film. Liked it. Well, we are but clearly it made not, huge money. We are clearly not the target audience. Yeah. The target then audience. Then again, the Fast and Furious movies make bank. I get that, and I don't. There's people get that it. love those movies. I yeah, get that. They people. absolutely. I get that. Love those. I mean, Universal is going to keep making. I know people I tell that you, love those movies ironically because they're just plain entertainment. There's some them. of that, and you know what? I've been known to watch a Fast and Furious movie because it is mindless entertainment. Never have. And uh, really, you've never made it the way never. through. I watched half. They're of not the, great. I, I was bad. recently convinced by one of the podcasts I listened to but to give them a shot. They're they're blind. They are dumb entertainment. They're mindless yes. entertainment. It was For completely sure. implausible, yeah. stupid. Yeah, but there are things some that cool, cannot happen, but fantastic to some watch cool them. Cool action things they do, and I get why those movies are successful. I do, and there are enough people who love fast cars that 
basically all you need to do is put fast cars on a screen and people will go see it. Well, that is the formula that, that they're using yeah. right now. That um, and crime fantasy, really. Yeah, it's extreme crime fantasy. Yeah. Extreme. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like the fantasy is extreme. Yeah, exactly. Of what extreme. kind of crime they're doing sure. and how they're pulling it off. But yeah, the yeah, we're going to smuggle drugs out of Mexico in the most convoluted, stupid, ridiculous way. <laughs> we'll get the fastest cars we possibly can and drive through the center of a mountain. And we'll throw the rock in there now, and too. And get through there before the uh, satellite. There's like a 30-second window that the satellite's not covering this 20-mile stretch of land. <laughs> yeah. So 20 miles in 30 seconds? <laughs> so we can cover 20 miles in 30 seconds in these super-fast cars. That's like the whole, that's like the premise of one of the movies. If I know the movie <laughs> I'm, I'm going fine. into is going to be like that, I'm, I'm okay fully with it. with it. And that's, yeah. That, I just yeah. don't like when I'm taken by surprise by something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. When you go, when they sell it as something more than that and you walk in and you go, well, this is just a stupid movie. I'm okay if you like up front with me and say, hey, come see our stupid movie, which Fast and Furious or Fast Five or The Fast right. or whatever they're calling them now. And they're not even like in chronological order. That's like oh, like Tokyo oh, yeah. Drift in the story where they've it gone back to the hasn't happened yet. To uh, Tokyo no. Drift happens in the future of where it is right now with the last movie they made. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like that's how ridiculous this is. I know the first like because I just caught them on TV every now and then, and and then I went to a couple of in the movies. To tell you the truth, and yeah, I was like, wait a minute, this is all they like were already de like how are they? And they like and they don't even be like. 20 years ago, 10 years earlier, three years earlier. They don't care. They just do it, whatever the hell they want. <laughs> they just do whatever the hell they want. If it gets them to the credits, by all means. you, you got to kind of applaud the balls and the joy of that. It's just, I don't know. I I don't like, I don't, and it doesn't I'm not saying they're good movies. Right. But, but it also doesn't pretend to be. I totally understand. The people who are making those movies know what they're making. But Alice in Wonderland must be for children. Okay. And well, I guess old Older people, maybe, maybe, and parents. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't, don't know, know what it is, and I, and I hate to sound like I'm hating on Tim Burton, but I have not liked a Tim Burton film in quite a long time. I haven't either. And they, and and I used to just adore it. Like well, you know, when I was in Scissorhands, how could you? Go yeah, more? junior high and high school. Nightmare Before Christmas. Anytime he had a movie come out, we were there. James and Giant like, Peach. Like you my buddy check Ben and I, out. we were like in the theater, and, yeah. and we couldn't stop talking about him and. And I just I don't know. It's just it's it's almost like it's the been last a steady movie of, decline. that he made of that that I liked was uh, Sweeney Todd. See, Sweeney even, Todd was really good. Even that one I didn't. Uh, not for you. No, not so much. Uh, but that's also because I kind of know the stage production. So the theater geek in me came out nah. and was sort of like, ah, it's just not this show. Because there's a whole in that show. There's a whole chorus, like yeah. a, like a Greek chorus. Sure. And they took that out, and they're kind of they're an essential part of like here's the heart and soul of this city and the story and what we're doing and why we're here and that the D and that was mm -hmm. all sort of taken out, but whatever. Have y'all seen uh, Frank and Weenie? I no. have not seen that one. Nope. Uh, I've heard middling stuff, that, but it I got good response. It was you know? fairly entertaining. I'm not going to yeah. say Isn't this the second work, time he's done Frank and Weenie? Frank and Weenie was a short movie that yeah. he started his career with. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I thought I remembered seeing this like long time ago. All right. We're moving on because I got news to do. I whatever. No, <laughs> that's, that's your problem. That's me. my problem. All right. Yeah, <laughs> deal with it. Uh, let's see. Ian Abercrombie has been the voice for Chancellor Palpatine and Darth Sidious for quite some time, and his passing. He finds time to do that when he's doesn't he and Fitch don't they have a lot of clothes to make? I mean, he dead, all right. I mean, like they have a lot of clothes to make. Sure, make fun of the dead guy. Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm just saying. Make fun of the shirtless dead guy. Go he ahead. doesn't have time to do <laughs> that He's anymore. doing voiceover work in movies. He doesn't have time to do it anymore. I'm all not, right? The guy is pretty productive for a dead dude. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying he's being replaced <sighs> because he can't do it anymore. I'm just surprised. He caught realize, a bad cold. I didn't realize he had not time a shirt. to do the clothing stores and be a movie star. That's impressive. Is <laughs> he stitches sweaters while he's doing voiceover work. Oh, that's impressive. And he's dead while he's doing all that. That's really impressive. I need another bobbin. Could somebody bring me another bobbin in here? Well, now who's the new voice of, uh, of uh, Palpatine? Supervising director of the cartoon series, Dave Filoni, took the task of recasting the role and came up with a replacement in... Tim Curry. The devil? (laughs) (laughs) The devil. Good good response. Uh, No, the butler. Uh, No, the transvestite. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would go there. No, the fake Girl Scout, whatever they were called. (laughs) Wilderness girls. (laughs) (laughs) Wilderness girls. Um, This is the animated. Yeah, this uh, is for Star Wars The Clone Wars, yeah. Do I have friends that absolutely just gaga over the show? That thing is—I've been watching it. That thing is going strong. Yeah. Do you like it? It's all right. It's all right. That doesn't. There's some episodes like I have a I have a friend. We have a friend, a mutual friend, Jason, who is very much about the Clone Wars, and so I watch it, and we have conversations. These last few episodes were really good, and I really enjoyed them. There's they still seem like. Toy building machines. Right. I was going to say, one well, of my coworkers queer, says yeah. it's very much geared towards children. Well, it yeah. is because it's a children's show. No, I know, so, but yeah. they said that there's <laughs> some things for adults in there, just not what? a lot. Yeah, not Well, a lot. it's like Transformers of its time. I mean, that cartoon yeah. was yeah. clearly, hey, kids, buy these toys. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they're awesome. And He Man of its time. Because they were awesome. Uh, for those of you missing out on He Man, if you go to Paul's uh, Facebook page, he has a little rant about the movie coming out, so you can get your He-Man fixed that way. Damn, is that his dream here. one or the other one? No, this is the one he was he was talking okay. about, the actual movie that's coming out. He's got a rant, huh? He had a little rant the other night uh, posting. Not a rant, but he was like, I'm so excited. Sons, I hope they do it the right way. And, oh, okay. and so I saw just... some stuff, and it looks like she's this and that, and that could happen, and I hope they do this right. So he's jumping up and down and clapping. Uh, a little bit. It yeah. felt that way a little bit, yeah. They even have like... Uh, uh, script together? I don't know. I don't know. He made it sound like he saw some kind of photo or something that gave him sort of a sneak peek mm. of how one or two of the characters might look like. So, mm. who knows? We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, he'll tell us about it. <laughs> like two years. A man living in Tehran, Iran, spent about 450 bucks on a series of spells that a wizard told him that he should tie to his arm. The desired effect, they were supposed to make him invisible. The man allegedly walked into a bank and immediately began whipping money out of the hands of customers. Uh, within moments, those customers easily took him down. Uh, the guilty would-be thief pleaded to the court, quote, I made a mistake. I understand now what a big trick was played on me, unquote. Uh, the Tehran police, however... That's the mistake he made. ...are trying to track down the wizard. The mistake he made... <laughs> the mistake he made was trusting the wizard, not stealing from other people. Look, look. When you're invisible... I made a mistake. <laughs> when wow. you're invisible and you start interacting with people, they get bonuses to their will saves against you. You <laughs> can't do that, man. That's right. That is you ridiculous. You just snuck into the vault. And, and hey, hey don't discount the wizard because he seems to have disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he didn't like go into the bank naked. Wait, wait, He's wait, like, wait. nobody can see me. I'm invisible. By wizard, do you mean 
drunken homeless dude <laughs> in the alley? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, just pin this to your shirt. That'll make you invisible. Got a dollar? <laughs> Where'd you go? Oh, my Whoa. God. Dude, it's working. That's amazing. Wow. Give just, me my money. Just pin That's this great. dead rat to your sleeve. It's a spell. <laughs> it's a spell. It'll make you invisible. <laughs> what movie was it that Ed Begley Jr. thinks he's the invisible man and he's basically prancing around naked and everybody's oh, just like, oh my God. Was, uh, like, it's it, an old black and white. Hollow um, Man. Yeah. Um, no, parody. Well, it's, it's a parody. But it's that, yeah, that, like that segment is in black and white. Monster Squad. It's like a 70s movie? or 80s. The Goonies. Movie. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Silverado. Too. To the internet. One of these movies might have that bagley in them or might have an invisible person in them. That would help. Oh, Lord. Uh, Hyperkin has announced their Retro N4 console that plays NES, Super NES, Game Boy Advance, and Sega cartridges. It's an upgrade from the Retro N3, and besides adding Game Boy Advance games into the mix, Hyperkin has made a few additional improvements. Biggest upgrades to the Retro N4 are the inclusion of an HDMI output and the redesigned Bluetooth controller, but if you're a purist, the system also features two controller ports for each system it pretends to be. The Retro N will also feature a digital user interface called Perdana, allowing users to remap controller buttons, switching between systems, and more features Hyperkin promised to announce later this month when the system officially is unveiled on March 23rd as part of the Midwest Gaming Classic in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Sounds like a perfect Christmas gift for Paul. Yeah. yeah. It was Amazon Women on the Moon, guys. For our audience, oh, go see, go see Amazon, Amazon Women on the Moon. The moon. It's a yes, great movie. That's right. It's I forgot awesome about movie. that. Okay, well, I won't say the yeah. movie's great, but I will say that first part with Arsenio Hall is <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> it is a B-movie. It's it's a movie. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's glorifying its B moviness. Yeah, it is one of those movies. Yeah, that tries to revel revel in its uh, its campiness and uh, and lack of budget, and does a pretty good job of that. And they yeah. throw a bunch of up and coming stars in there that they that were up and coming at that yeah. time, and yeah. so they and a I bunch mean, of stars that never became stars. Yeah, exactly. There ain't no Thelma here, man. <laughs> what, what? There ain't no fucking Thelma. No, the bitch don't live here. Now, as these guys can attest to the stack in my bathroom, I love magazines. Hey, hey, whoa, hey. Whoa. Magazines, hey, magazines, my hey, magazines. I get a lot of magazines. Uh, the stack in my bathroom <laughs> keeps going each day. <laughs> All right. Talk like that uh, is magazines. not going to get you into the Children's Museum. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so I get excited when there's a new one. All right. Uh, the a first issue of... Not a new stack. <laughs> And not new children in the music. <laughs> the first issue of Gygax launched last month and went digital just over a week ago. But now the Gygax magazine website has relaunched with new info and submission guidelines. If you think you've got the chops to write about gaming for gamers, go for it. This is G-U-Y-G-A-X. Gygax is meant to appeal to fans of all kinds of games, from board games to war games, RPGs. It's not... Subscribing to any particular version of Dungeons and Dragons, for example, the first issue includes new monster lore, ecology of the Banshee, uh, parenting for gamers, DMing for your toddler, <laughs> and ways to gamers. screw with <laughs> fantasy gamers, quote, playing it the science fiction way. DMing for your toddler, <laughs> really? That's the name of one of the... Uh... <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, you can't even get him to sit down for five seconds, let that alone... you're not DMing right. Throw, <laughs> <laughs> throw, your, sa- throw your saving... Ro- throw your saving... Ah, oh, God damn it, sit down. 
Sit, sit down and throw your. Save. You just need bigger dice. Yeah, yeah. He failed a saving throw versus puke. Quit, yeah. quit playing mm. with your fig. No, uh, no, no. Oh, you no. filled your dice. Playing with your figurine. <laughs> oh, now you really oh, put your your figurine out oh, of your mouth. Oh, that was a critical hit. <laughs> critical hit. Critical hit. Critical diaper hit. Uh, the fact that Gygax is a print magazine, uh, digital is available for those who prefer it, is kind what? of a big deal. Never heard of those. What's that? A print to what? A, a print magazine, right? Huh. Yeah. Do those still those exist? Still exist? Uh, when Wizards of the Coast yanked the license for both Dragon Magazine and Dungeon Magazine from Piazzo Publishing, then went only digital with it, the gaming community mourned the loss. Kobold Quarterly helped pick up the slack for a few years before folding last fall. The name Gygax will be familiar with one uh, who is a veteran of D&D. Uh, e. Gary Gygax was the co-creator of D&D itself, and his sons Luke and Ernie Gygax are at the helm of the new Quarterly magazine. And editor-in-chief Jason Elliott is also the owner of the new TSR. Well, it's interesting that they're naming it Gygax, but it's not just the, that just world. Just D&D, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all gaming. Yeah. All, yes. all tabletop, basically. I don't know if there's any video game stuff in there, but it seems like all the rest of the gaming stuff is covered. More well, that's gaming, cool, though. All that. Interesting. The editor-in-chief is the current owner of the new TSR. Yeah. TSR still exists? TSR exists oh under gosh. Wizards of the Coast, yeah. Okay. Okay. And when did? Uh, oh wait, maybe not. Maybe this. Uh, maybe this yeah, is maybe uh, it's something different. Hmm. I gotta look into that. Yeah. That'll give you something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give you something to do. Right. Maybe you get off your stack in a bathroom. All right. For once, I didn't save the serious thing for last. So let's touch the serious thing before oh, we go back to the fun now. stuff. All right. uh, while the Six Strikes anti-piracy program agreed upon... Say that five times fast. Right. <laughs> ...upon by its internet service providers and intellectual property owners went into effect this week. Service providers and the entertainment industry have not been so keen on sharing what the ramifications are if users are accused of engaging in copyright infringement online. Most ISPs have claimed that Six Strikes is simply a program to educate consumers on the evils of Ill illegally downloading and sharing copyright materials, and that it has very little to do with punishing individuals. But, as Torrent Freak points out in this story, uh, some ISPs are punishing users with disconnections. One such ISP is Cablevision, slapped Optimum Online, who revealed how it will respond to individuals it determines are, quote, serial copyright infringers, the company will temporarily disconnect customers from the Internet after they have received multiple copyright letters. That disconnection will last for 24 hours, but can be lifted after the customer calls a Cablevision hotline. Uh, this will only happen, they say, if a subscriber's copyright infringement activities continue after several, quote, educational alerts. It should also be noted that this Six Strikes scheme is not mandate, mandated by any state or federal law, it is a partnership between service providers and the rights owners in the U.S. This is why some cable operators are not involved in it. CenturyLink, Charter, Cox, and other smaller providers across <laughs> the United Cox. States decided not to participate in this program. And this is basically just a company goes to the Internet service provider and says, we're being, we're being copyright, inf our, our, our copyright is being infringed. Basically, the ISPs are watching kind of what you download yeah and if they can if they well if they more see importantly that, not download but what you share their but systems are, are no, both actually programmed with a few flags like a few like bits of code that it is their sniffer programs are looking for and once one of them is triggered they say where is this coming from and they log your isp your your excuse me or your ip address and then they start because there's all kinds of programs where you can watch something online 
that you don't have the right to download, but you could still download it with that program. And then that's what they're right. trying to prevent is you, you know, illegally downloading yeah. things that you don't have the right to download. But the, the problem with this is that there's really no one official doing it. So who says what is a illegal download? What well, what's official? What, what, uh, <laughs> what they're what doing is... Cablevision is, is doing is not what AT&T is doing, is yeah, not yeah. what... It's a basically it's a Comcast is doing. It's a security. Yeah, because one of them is starts throttling your your bandwidth. Yeah. At a certain point. I mean, this sounds pretty. They sound like. I mean, yes, it's a little like, hey, you're not, you can't do that, and we thought the internet was for free, but the internet's not for free. It's not for free sharing. I know it was originally intended to be, but I hate to break it to you all. It's not for free sharing. You know what? TV used to be free, and you're all paying for your fucking cable, so shut up that the internet and the world should be free interchange of ideas and thoughts. It can be free interchange of ideas and thoughts, but there's a lot of shit you got to pay for. Just pay for it because people worked hard to put it out there and want you to buy it, and it's the best means to get it for you because you can streamline it and get it instantly. I want it now because I can't wait three days for it to come in the mail. What, I have to pay for it too? Fuck you. That's ridiculous. No, fuck you. Just pay for it and get it immediately. Anyway, I don't even know what I was going to say because now I went off on that rant. <laughs> I was going to say, but the, 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 the issue at hand with a lot for a lot of people is the fact that you're paying for the service. You're not the the actual information exchange and the internet has nothing to do with your your internet service provider's ability to police what you watch. You're paying for a service for for access to the internet which is a free exchange network it's still for information 75 80% of it is still free and and what a lot of exchange. some of these the, the providers that did not go into this agreement their issue is that there's no legal recourse for them to be number 1 scanning what you're downloading through their service because you've yeah. you've paid for the service as far as the ones and zeros that are exchanged between your house and their servers onto the actual internet, it's not their business to be policing. It's but the big brotherness that freaks people out. Yeah, exactly. And there's no legality behind this. I mean, not, it's not saying that them policing what you're downloading is legal, but there's no law that says that they can do it. But I, there's, and so I, that's what a lot of people are at issue with. And get that. I mean, I'm I'm one of the first ones to say. Big Brother is a serious, you know, hello, Big Brother's out there and we need to watch that. But well, at big, the same time... Big Brother are, the, are these giant corporations. It's yeah. not the government anymore. It's the freaking corporations that are I browsing see, what we're, we're watching, reading, and... I don't see how it's that much different than somehow they get ratings. Well, how do they get ratings? Yeah. They know what we're watching on TV. Yep. What? They know what I'm watching on my TV? Yeah, they fucking know what you're watching on TV. It's just how it works. Granted, they're Nielsen families, mm -hmm. and those people are more of an, a, 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 a you know a more exact description of what you're watching at a time. But they know how many TVs are turned on to what channel. That means they're able to track what you're watching. Sure, it's already happening, and you don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been happening for like 30, 40 years of your life. I I mean I get it. Do they have the? Somebody needs to make sure. There has to be a way to police. I know we don't want to police the internet, but if we're gonna, if we're gonna make a fuss about copyright and material that's being downloaded mm -hmm. that shouldn't be downloaded, be it video games, be it visual artist work, be it videos that you make, 
granted, a lot of it is free. A lot of it is out there to be free, and that's awesome, and that's what it should be, and it's great. But it's also a commercial commerce area, and that needs to be patrolled somehow. We need to figure it out some way. I don't know if this is the best way, but I don't know if there's a better way. Is there? Yeah, no answer to that. That's a tricky question. Yeah, yeah, that's really. And bad. it's weird that it's every company's doing it differently because then it's like they all have separate security. You know, it's like every neighbor, every gated community has its own security guard. Sure. And, and but I and don't. How official I, is that guy? Right. Like you're saying, yeah. there's no law there. There's no real law. It's like you go into a an office building and it's just some guy with a nightstick. That's this is the equivalent of a guy with a nightstick. Yeah, and if like you're if yeah. you're on a sidewalk out near a mall, but you're not actually in the mall, and a mall security guard comes up and and says, "I need to search your bag," no, you don't. Yeah, it's a little funny. You're, I'm on public property. I, you know, not even in your mall. Why are you wanting to search my bag? Well, we think you might have stolen property. Well, who are you? You're a your mall security guard. You're not legal. You're mall blart. That's that's essentially what the ISPs are doing. It's like they're, they're like, well, I need to search your 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 browser history. And it's like, well, who are you? You don't have any legal standing to search my browser. Like, history. I mean, this is the equivalent of a mall cop. It's the equivalent of a yeah. of a night guard. Yeah, but exactly. I I don't know how else you you know guard against that, and and I don't know whether there should. I don't know if there's yeah. a law there, and whether. I mean, it's copyright law, but then how do you know that that copyright law has been broken? You have to have some way of being able to know that, right? Yeah, that's where these. But at the same time, I grew up making mix mixtapes for my friends. Pirate, and that's pirating to a certain extent. You know, it Mm -hmm. was. It totally is now. I mean, back then it fell into that whole fair use because typically you had to buy the albums and then mix them down. I still do when I do it, but no, that's. that's, But it's still sort of the same thing. I mean, it's really pirating if you sell it to someone. Yeah, that's super illegal. (laughs) Well, that used to be the basis of it. It's like if you if you owned the original material and you say pared it down onto a tape for your own use, or you gave it away to somebody else for free, yeah. you were allowed. Now they have since changed those laws to say that any duplication other than for your own personal use, and even then there's... Yeah. Well, you don't own it. Yeah, you don't You don't own it. You own that physical plastic disc that, well, that the stuff is on, but the actual content the is owned disc. by somebody else. Part of that is it's now become... We're pretty much usually only listening to... Uh, digital downloads sure. and so to make a digital copy it's always as good as you know pretty darn close as to as good as the original where before you had the LP you made a tape the tape's good but it's not the same quality as the LP yeah. now it still rocks yeah you know or you had the CD you put it you know it's become easier to match the quality or darn yes, close that is very true yeah. now unfortunately we're all paying a lot of money online for lesser quality music Yes, if you just buy true. the CD, it's better quality. If you could get the LP, it would be the best quality. LP is still, albums are still the best quality sound. Although the digital mini disc was awfully good too. Yeah. Well, not only that, but they're mixing it so different. They're mixing it for loudness to get your attention. Yeah. Uh, the m- most uh, egregious example I can give you is when Metallica released Death Magnetic. Mm-hmm. That mix on that album is piss poor. Yeah, it is. It is. It is muddy. Instruments are lost, yeah. but but they wanted it that way. But no, Metallica didn't want. It was oh. out of their hands. Ah, yeah. It, it, that was a 
a company company decision. decision. Yeah. And but if you any of the downloads that you did on Rock, uh, not Rock Band, but uh, Guitar Hero, when they released Death Magnetic on that. Did they remix it? No, those were the original mixes that they put together nice. before they put the CD mix together. Ah. And so those are a much higher quality version of the same song. Interesting. Wow. So, because Interesting. they're, and almost all the CDs coming out now are being mixed for loudness if they're coming out by the major release. Because loud gets your attention. Well, and also, that's the club mentality too you're in those nightclubs sure and you want to sound you want a sign it's gonna but even the radio they yeah. they want that yeah to we push live, past we live in a wild world getting louder what <laughs> thanks thanks for that my ears <laughs> and my and our listeners thank you ccp games be louder if you want no you won't <laughs> CCP Games announced that it's long-running subscription. Are you subscription- sure you don't want me to be louder? I'm positive. <laughs> Their long-running subscription-based sci-fi MMO Eve Online has surpassed the 500,000 subscriber mark worldwide for the first time in the game's history. I didn't even know it was still around. It is not only still around, but more popular than it's ever been. Apparently. The milestone is a major one in the game's 10 years of operation. And follows the December 4th release of EVE Online Retribution, the game's 18th free expansion. Wow. Uh, CCP says the latest expansion is its most successful ever. Also, in December, EVE Online relaunched in China with its new partner, uh, Tin City, to bring uh, the game to a massive new audience where it's been thriving ever since. In January, CCP's Dust 514, a free-to-play massively multiplayer online first-person shooter, went into open beta and became available for free to download exclusively on PlayStation 3 users worldwide. Uh, Dust 514 uh, shares the same real-time universe as EVE Online, and player corporations can coordinate attacks between the two games. Uh, CCP will commemorate Eve's online 10th anniversary throughout the year under the unified second decade theme that will kick off late April in Reykjavik, Iceland with the sold-out Eve Fan Fest. Eve's official 10th birthday follows on May 6th and will mark the official start of the second decade of the Eve universe. Well, it's fun. You know, I was talking about earlier. Exactly. um, That does seem to be that kind of game that it's... a. It's quiet in the world. Like most people don't even know the game exists. Yeah. And as Jeff said, a lot of people think it's still around. It is a capitalist libertarian's dream. But, well, there's that. But it's also, it's one of those games that those who play it are very loyal to it and love it and adore it and stay with it, clearly. I own it and refuse to start it. Yeah. Really? Because I don't have time. You're going to get in. And it's a long game. You have to have... Like my buddy, you have to be dedicated. When I was doing, we were doing the show, and he would get things set up, and it would take him 30, 40 minutes to get everything set up, and then he let the game run for like two hours during the show to do like some mining, and it's literally just, it's just shooting a laser into an asteroid to get the resources out for two hours mm-hmm. in real time, and, and he just has to. If you didn't have something to do, you would just have to sit there and watch it do that for two you are hours. Not playing <laughs> the game. There's part, just... there's part of the games that you actually do set up for when you're not playing it. Yeah. In fact, you do a lot of your skill building by reading books that you do when you log off the game and have yeah. your character building his skills while you went to work. Yeah. So it's like a, it is a very slow paced game, but then when the battles come, it 
it's pretty frantic. My buddy loved it. He it was very complicated, and it's really tight knit worlds. And he got in with a group for a while there, and, and they would be fighting a battle with another clan or group, whatever they're called. I'm sorry for those Eve players that I'm using the wrong terminology. Um, and then corporations, I believe. Uh, corporations, yes, it is. And then, but they would be like, you know what? We need more resources. So his job would be like, go get resources. So they'd be fighting battles, but for the team, he'd be collecting like whatever resources they need. And but literally, wow. his job would be like sit for six hours and mine. Sure, and newbies uh, are welcome. And, yeah. and 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 corporations will when they find you will say here is fifty thousand credits Sometimes, all yours. Yeah. So if you will join our corporation and just field these resources for us, because they are simpler tasks that do need to be done for the corporation, and it's a good way for a new player to get introduced like to how the game works. That's what the world is. Why do I want to it play is. a game to do that? It, it is the world. It, but in space with lasers because with okay. no air, I, I, no. It, and it's like empty space, too. Yeah, there's like he'll he would like hyper jump to different locations and it would just be shoo. And it'd just be more just blackness and stars. He would, no, no planets, but he'd have to hyper jump to all these coordinates over and over again. And it, he would have to do like nine or ten hyper jumps to get to a planet. Wow. That he and could, one of those hyper know. jumps might have been taken over by a pirate corporation that is extorting yeah. money. Or just want your ship for scrap. Yeah. He went through a lot of ships early on, oh, too. Oh, sure. Because he was trying to play on his own without a corporation. <laughs> and it's... it's. It seems like, obviously, something you cannot do on your own. It is. It, it, it but you it can try. very difficult. You can, too. but it's rough right. to get started. Yeah. From yeah, but you can also start your own corporation, build small, stay yeah. out of everybody's way, and then work your way up. But it's hard to stay out of people's way. It is. And then make yeah. a hustle table. People start noticing yeah. when especially more stuff than they are. Especially now that it's getting bigger and bigger, I would think it would be harder. Yeah. Sure. Like, he, like you, games like this scare me because I just I'd worry I'd bury myself oh, and yeah. never climb out. Yeah, if I, if I decided I wanted to leave society, I'll install EVE. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of those games. What are you doing? Come on, we gotta go. Uh, No, no, I gotta finish this. I gotta gotta read my skill book. Mining resources. (laughs) No, yeah, I I watched him play that game, and I was just like, I, I don't know how you play that game. And I mean, I get it, but just a lot of that looks really boring. And he goes, No, it's really cool. It's fascinating. But he, you know, he's a friend of mine who's uh, the zombie apocalypse is inevitable in his mind. There's no, it's not an imaginary thing. That's it's not fictional. It's happening. It's just a matter of time. Just when. The zombie apocalypse will happen. Well, every good nerd has a yeah. a plan. Yeah. No, it's not a matter of plan. It's just going to happen. Yeah. But he has a plan. <laughs> it's inevitable. Oh. Yeah. Just like the Cylons. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, no, he loves bleak things. He loves that whole bleak, mm, empty world. Yeah. Of just emptiness and, like, all just alone. Just like my soul. Yeah. I think he's got a little empty bleakness in his soul. Yeah. yeah. Nice guy, but yeah. Whose line? It, whose line is it anyway? Is coming back. There'll be a few changes, it seems, from its previous in, in uh, incarnation. But most important parts will be returning. Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, and Wayne Brady will all be returning. Uh, Drew Carey won't be coming back to host. Uh, Aisha Tyler, as in Lana from Archer, uh-huh. will be filling in the shoes uh, as, as the host. As the host. Wow. As before, a fourth guest will star uh, to fill in each episode's roster. The previous incarnation of the show ran on ABC, but it's the CW that will be picking up the pieces. Eh, well, uh, of course. So they've ordered 10 episodes, and they are set to air this summer. So if you I'll watch it, it, it's fine. I'll it's watch coming it. back. I always yeah. enjoy that yeah. show. 
I love the it's UK. good news to me. I love the British yeah, version. The British I used yeah. to watch that one a lot when yeah. it was on Comedy Central for a while. Yeah. The American version I didn't like as much. But and Clive as the host was amazing. Yeah, Clive yeah. was awesome. And because uh, he was the perfect yeah, just uh, dry, straight man. Yeah, yeah. just total man. foil. Yeah. Um, and uh, the American one wouldn't have worked if they hadn't had Ryan and Colin. Yeah. The yeah. two of them work really well together. And that chemistry really works. And I hope with uh, Colin's return to this show that we uh, see the resurgence of fan mutation. I don't know what that is. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Fan mutation. Bring it back. Okay. I think Tyler should be okay as a host. I mean, she did the soup for a while. So. Did she? Okay. So, I, mean, I don't know if know. that's did something it. that means you'll be good at anything. Well, I mean, <laughs> she, did a, she did a good job with the comic material. On that show, she's great. She, she's a funny woman. She's yeah. funny on Archer. That and show, Archer, is maybe the funniest show on television right it's now. It's funny okay. you say that. Yeah, we we had this discussion uh, a couple Jeff weeks ago. Up the other day, I've only seen maybe two episodes of Archer. I've oh, really? Formed a full opinion on it. Watch the first season. I I watched Start like three episodes, and I'm still going. When does the humor start? Oh, it's what? a funny show. Yes, I'm just oh sitting there God, waiting for show. something no, to happen. It's a funny. That's what? part of the comedy is that like here they are. They're secret agents. They should be saving the world. <laughs> they never get around to doing anything. <laughs> they all just what end would up happen? Fucking each other, bickering amongst each other. What would happen if James Bond was really a secret agent? What <laughs> if that was bicker, really a secret agent and, and then drunk like and he started his own company? <laughs> it's I I enjoy. Uh, it. I think it is humor, and it's a pretty intelligent show. They make a lot of references where like my buddy uh, Steve, hmm. he would him and I have both been like, yeah, I had to look that one up. Like, what is that reference? And they'll just toss them aside and you'll just be like, whoa, that is like there's some intelligent people writing that show. There are. I mean, hmm. I I hated uh, I hated uh. Jonathan Benjamin has a van. That show was terrible. I don't even know and that he, show. He, it was on Comedy Central for like four weeks. Okay. Um, and he's the voice of the of the main, of Archer. Okay. Yeah. He's also he was also in home movies and it was yeah. awful. He's the voice of Bob and Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burger, yeah. 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 Actually, yeah, Which, home movies is okay. Yeah. Weird. That was, I never, never liked the yeah. home movies. I just yeah. Yeah, home movies was eh, but no, he's a huge voiceover guy and has been. for Yeah, years. I mean, he, yeah. he was on. Uh, uh, Doctor, uh, whatever. Uh, Strange Love? No. Uh, Doctor Doom? Doctor No? <laughs> Doctor McGillicuddy? Doctor Doolittle? Doctor Phil? Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> Trying to, you're throwing my train of thought Dr. here. Oz. Doctor Wayne Dyer? Doctor Detroit? S- the celebrity therapist. It was on Comedy Central. It was this, the first <laughs> oh, squiggle Dr. vision. Doctor Katz. Doctor Katz. Because <laughs> well, he, he, he... he was the voice of the sun. Yes, that's right. He was. Yeah, I forgot about that. Doctor Katz. That was a weird little show. It was. Yeah, it was odd. Yeah. That was when uh, Penn was still doing uh, the voiceovers for the Comedy Central commercials. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, you don't care for Archer, huh? No, I. Look, some three people episodes don't in, I'm still. For everybody. I'm just some not, people can't uh, appreciate sophisticated comedy. That's true. I <laughs> do appreciate sophisticated <laughs> comedy. This, unfortunately, is not it. No, that was that was not right. That was not right. <laughs> it's a very crazy, bizarre, specific world, and if you don't get into it, you know, I think there's some people that feel the same way about Venture Brothers. Like I think Venture Brothers is That's awesome, great yeah, but if you don't is. get into it. I could see where you're just like, I don't get it. When does this show get funny? Yeah. You know, I still got to watch that. that show. Venture Brothers is pretty funny. Um, it really takes a lot of liberties with like the Hanna-Barbera 
That's well, part of the actually, joy, yeah. though, right? That's the well. It's Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Quest. Action yeah. is Johnny, Johnny Quest. Quest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they, they and, and actually they had um, uh, Johnny Quest's uh, bodyguard, uh, Race Bannon, was yeah. Yeah, made Race an Bannon. appearance in one of the episodes as Race Bannon. As Race yeah. Bannon, yeah, yeah, yeah it was, it was pretty funny. And but finally, I mean, last news story this summer: comedian John Stewart will be taking a break from The Daily Show so he can direct his first movie. Huh. While he's gone, John Oliver will be filling in the anchor desk. Ah. Uh, Stewart's direction, uh, directorial debut will be a movie called Rosewater, the real-life story uh, story of journalist Mazer Bahari, the journalist who spent 118 days in an Iranian prison in 2009. Wow. Uh, Stewart met Bahari as a guest on The Daily Show, and the whole gig just kind of happened. You know, it's wow. interesting how Stewart keeps using you know that argument that his show is uh, we're a comedy show. It's becoming less and less a comedy show, and it's really becoming an editorial news show. It really is. I know lots and of people get their so. news from Daily yeah. Show well, yeah. and well, the Colbert Report. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's ironic that they do better job of covering well, and Colbert researching and vetting these stories than, it's fantastic. Yeah. than, than the major networks. Yeah. I mean, shoot, CNN just eliminated their investigative journalism department. <laughs> I know it. I'm like <laughs> sitting there, and I'm like, that is journalism. Investigative yeah. journalism is the thing that gives you credibility. Yeah. And you just so in other words, they're no, no longer doing their own work. They're doing they're AP now, stories. They're a slightly better budgeted TMZ. Well, it's yeah. you know, it's they're, they're they're following the Fox News <laughs> format, which yeah. is you know talking heads talking yeah. about what well, they which heard. Is, well, which is also the MSNBC format. Yes, yeah, that's true. The, it is the format. That right is now. the yeah. That is it cable is the news. most profitable form of news, and that is really what it's come down to. It's like news is not a information dissemination show anymore it's it's about getting people to watch so that the advertisers can spend big yeah. money they're not shows that yeah. tell you the news they're shows that tell you how well, to feel about the news yeah it's, it, well they're shows that tell you what that host's opinion of what he read on the internet or what was bugging him that day is it's not you know we went out and researched and found out that this whole story was bullshit whatever it's you like, pinhead i read cu- this cut your mic you pinhead <laughs> oh. <laughs> no but it is thanks, a- thanks bill <laughs> It's a lot of that, <laughs> you know, pardon the interruption. But no, it's one of those things of, it's a lot of the stuff that like the movie network warns us about. And some of those, oh, yeah. some of those like arguments. Almost yeah, open the window. Now. Yeah, that movie is an amazingly prescient movie it's even today. It's really, really forward thinking. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. That, that 36 years ago now, is it? Uh, it was late 70s. 30, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's like 36, 37 years ago that that yeah. movie came out. And it's still prophetic. relevant. It's yeah. uncanny. You would think it was made. I went last back and year. watched it like last year, and I just, I, as it's I hadn't seen movie. it since film school, and I'm sitting here yeah. going, "Wow, can you can you talk about foreshadowing?" But then you also look at a movie. Uh, I just recently rewatched uh, All the President's Men, which is great. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. And you look at that story, and that you know, here they are. They have three, rec- you know, they have three people, different sources, telling them the same thing, and their editor is still like. I wish I, yeah, right. I wish I could. Mm. I don't feel really. Con- I mean, one of these you can't give me a name, and another one, what's going? On? How I can't? You know, all these unnamed. Re- you know, it's like then that yeah. was like journalism. Like yeah. really, let's make sure we've got our facts straight before we call it news. You're right, man. They f- totally flipped that coin. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, that would be published. Like, well, can we make money off of it, even if we we're wrong? Co- we can correct it later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of movies and shows. Uh, well, even that new show, Newsroom, talks about it a little bit on HBO, where the whole th- the argument oh, is that, that look, show. here's it's the supposed whole to be deal. restarting up soon too. The FCC 
gives you free license to broadcast on our airwaves, right? And in exchange, you provide the general public with news. It is part of the deal. You are supposed to do it. And so in that way, news has never been intended to be a profit-making source. It is a public duty and obligation that these networks have. And originally they weren't supposed to sell advertising during that hour block. Yeah. They weren't supposed to. Now, it's gone lax. The major networks aren't as bad as, say, all the ones you were talking about. CNN. The the 24-hour cable networks. And those are cable networks. And so... That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, they're not yeah, bound. They're, they're not bound by those rules. But when you remember, headline news first came out. It was boring. You know why? Because yeah. it was news. Yeah. It was facts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they were like, "Oh well." But news watching. shouldn't be entertainment. News no, should be informative. Be. That's what one of the things Cronkite said, and he yeah. was one of the last of the, uh, you know, the true journalists. I mean, they did. He didn't care what your opinion was on it. He felt his job was to present the facts and allow you to process them he never put his own opinions out there but he, i feel like his, the, he said his job was to provide the facts not to tell you his opinion and now we've completely flip-flopped all of these newscasters are telling us their opinion of the stories and not giving us the facts i feel like the daily show's headed to that edward r Murrow place with the good night good luck from that movie yeah right what was the name of the show i can't remember the show now that he the the that movie news night whatever it was yeah which is a great show but it's you know Stewart is trying to make people accountable for their actions as a journalist, you know, and being like, and trying to back it up with, yeah. And I appreciate that they also are very good about apologizing and, and, yeah. when they oh, make sure. a mistake. And they're usually the first to be like. And they still do it in an entertaining way, too. Yeah. But unfortunately, he does still hide behind the cowl of, hey, we're just yeah. a comedy show, so we don't have to get everything yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're slowly going away from comedy show. You are an entertaining news show. Mm-hmm. but I think you need to stop hiding behind. We're a comedy show. We don't have to get everything right. If you're going to keep harping on everyone else not getting everything right and sort of put yourself out there like, eh, maybe. Yeah. You know, so it is fascinating, though, that maybe one of the better news shows out there is on Comedy Central. Yeah. How about you? Are you mad as hell? Can't stand no more? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And that's all we have for this week. Well, until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Just Michael. Captain Luddite. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Next mm. week in Geek. Mm. Uh, are you okay over uh-huh. there? Uh-huh. What are you doing over there? Uh-huh. I don't understand. Dun-dun. What is Dun-dun. that? It's in excess, guns baby. In the sky. Guns what? in the sky. Bum, yeah, bum, you're doing in excess in to play us out? Yeah, yeah. No. Seriously? No, I'm seeing it, but something else completely different is playing. Bre- Actually, oh, probably but... what's playing behind me right now is probably the gorgeous ladies of wrestling theme. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to get some glow wrapping going yeah, on yeah, this yeah, episode. Yeah, that's that's probably what you're listening to, so dig that. Maybe We're the just... gorgeous ladies of wrestling. We all do our thing. Brilliant. It's made a strong impression. Yeah, I still remember the all of it. Yeah, it's like I think the the snapping that you're doing right there was actually just the fapping that you were doing. Just watching the show. Just you know, you are correct, sir. I can't remember the last time I've seen anything so white as you just singing that song. The twelve-year-old you is fapping. That might have been the whitest thing I've seen. Welcome to the Riviera Hotel! Hello, gorgeous!
One fall, 20 minute time limit at a combined weight of 243 pounds from Savannah, Georgia and Charleston, North Carolina respectively, Scarlett and